Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. I'd like to start today by telling you about a teaching resource that I have available online. It's a reading comprehension course that I created for elementary and middle school students, as well as students of English as a second language. This fun quiz-based course not only helps improve reading comprehension, it also boosts knowledge in the humanities, arts, and sciences. It's available at Udemy, who is now offering the course for only $10.99, which is 69% off the regular price. Learn more by going to livinghour.org reading. That's livinghour.org reading. And if your friends have children, please share it with them too. Thank you. Today's reading was edited and adapted from The Power of Repose by Annie Payson Call, published in 1891. Within all of us there is an exquisite sense of growing power that comes from nature. In studying nature, we not only realize the strength that comes from following her lead, but we discover her within ourselves, gently moving us onward. We all believe that we look to nature, but it is surprising how often we are mistaken. We all would profit much if we took but 15 minutes every day, simply to think of nature and her methods of working, and to see at the same time how we constantly interfere with the best use of her powers. Try to realize the quiet power of all natural growth and movement, from a blade of grass, through a tree, a forest of trees, the entire vegetable growth on earth, the movement of the planets to the growth and involuntary vital operations of our own bodies. No words can bring so full a realization of the quiet power in the progress of nature as does the simple process of following the growth of a tree in our imagination, from the working of its sap in the root up to the tips of the leaves, the blossoms and the fruit. Or beginning lower, follow the growth of a blade of grass or a flower, then a tree, and so on to the movement of the earth, and then of all the planets in the universe. Let your imagination picture so vividly all natural movements, little by little, that you seem to be really at one with each and all. Nature shows us constantly that at the back of every action, there should be a great repose. This holds good from the minutest growth to the most powerful tornado. It should be so with us, not only in our simple daily duties, but in all things up to the most intense activity. This study and realization of nature's method which I am pleading for will bring a vivid sense of our own need of repose. We must appreciate this need in order to have it supplied, just as we must see a mistake in order to shun it. 
Now, how can we expect to have repose of mind when we have not even repose of muscle? When the body is not at our command, surely the spirit that animates the body cannot find its highest plane of action. Likewise, how can we possibly expect to know the repose that should be at our command for every emergency or the great repose behind every action when we have not even learned the repose and rest? Think of nature's resting times and see how painful would be the result of a digression. Our side of the earth never turns suddenly toward the sun at night giving us flashes of day in the darkness. When it is night, it is night steadily, quietly, until the time comes for daylight. A tree in winter, it's time for rest. Never starts out with a little bud here and there before springtime, only to be frostbitten. It rests entirely in its time for rest. When the time for blooming comes, its action is full and true and perfect. The grass never pushes itself up in little untimely blades through the winter, thus leaving our lawns and fields full of bare patches in the warmer season. The flowers that close at night do not half close, folding some petals and letting others stay wide open. Indeed, so perfectly does nature rest when it is her time for resting, that even the suggestion of these abnormal actions seems absolutely ridiculous. Think also of the perfect power for rest in animals. Lift a cat when she is quiet, and see how perfectly relaxed she is in every muscle. That is not only the way she sleeps, but the way she rests. And no matter how great or how rapid the activity, she drops all tension at once when she stops. So it is with all animals. It is also the same with babies. Watch a healthy baby sleeping. Lift its arm, its leg, or its head carefully, and you will find each one perfectly relaxed and free. You can even hold it on your outspread hands and the whole little weight, full of life and gaining new power through perfect rest, will give itself entirely to your hands without one particle of tension. The sleep that we get in babyhood is the saving health of many, but alas, at a very early age, useless tension begins and goes on increasing until it prevents the perfect use of all our powers. To be sure, nature has repose and does not have to work for it. We, on the other hand, are left free to take it or not as we choose. But before we are able to receive it, we have personal tendencies of restlessness to overcome. And more than that, there are the inherited nervous habits of generations to be recognized and shunned. Repose is an inmost law of our being, and the quiet of nature is at our command much sooner than we realize, if we want it enough to work for it steadily day by day. Nothing will increase our realization of the need more 
than a little daily thought of the quietness found in the workings of nature and the consequent appreciation of our own lack of it. In the words of Ruskin, are not the elements of ease on the face of all the greatest works of creation? Do they not say that there has been a great power here, rather than a great effort? The greatest act, the only action which we know to be power in itself, is the act of creation. And behind that action there lies a great repose. We are part of creation, and thus should be moved by its laws. So let us shun everything we see to be in the way of our own best power of action, in muscle, nerve, senses, mind, and heart. Who knows what strength, what increased power for use that is open to us, if we will but cease to be an obstruction. Freedom within the limits of nature's laws, and indeed there is no freedom without those limits, is best studied and realized in the growth of plants, in the openness of the branch of a vine to receive the sap from the main stem, in the free circulation of the sap in a tree, and in all vegetable organisms. Now, imagine the branch of a vine endowed with the power to grow according to the laws which govern it, or to ignore and disobey those laws. Imagine the same branch having made up its mind that it could live its own life apart from the vine, twisting its various fibers into all kinds of knots and snarls, according to its own idea of living. What a dearth of leaf! flower and fruit would appear in the branch. Yet that perfectly illustrates the way in which most of us are interfering with the best use of the life that is ours. Freedom is in accordance with law. A bridge can be built to stand, only in accordance with the laws of mechanics. Electricity can be made a useful power only in exact accordance with the laws that govern it. Otherwise, it is most destructive. Have only we the privilege of disobeying natural laws in the use of our own individual powers? Clearly not. So why is it that while recognizing and endeavoring to obey the laws of physics, mechanics, and all other laws of nature, we so generally defy the same laws in their application to our own being? The law which perhaps appeals to us most strongly when trying to identify ourselves with nature is the law of rhythm. Action, reaction, action, reaction, and the two must balance so that equilibrium is always the result. There is no similar thought that can give us keener pleasure than when we rouse our imagination and realize the power of identifying ourselves with the workings of a great law, following this rhythmic movement, till we find the rhythm within rhythm, from the rhythmic motion of the planets, to the delicate vibrations of heat and light. We have the rhythm of the seasons, of day and night, of the tides, and of vegetable and animal life. One hears a variation in the rhythm of the universe 
would bring destruction. And yet we, little individual microcosms, are knocking ourselves into chronic states of chaos because we feel we can be gods and direct our own lives so much better than the God who made us. We have been left in freedom to live according to nature's laws or against them. And we are generally so convinced that our own stupid short-sighted ways are the best that it is only because nature tenderly holds to some parts of us and keeps them in the rhythm that we do not hurl ourselves to pieces. Always remember that it is this law of rhythm, of equilibrium in motion and in rest, which should guide the training for the development of your body, mind, and soul. The Inspirational Living Podcast is a production of The Living Hour. Get your own private feed to our podcast with full transcripts delivered right to your smartphone by becoming our patron today. It costs less than a cup of coffee a month and will ensure the production of our podcast for years to come. Visit livinghour.org patron. Thanks for listening. I look forward to talking with you next time.